everyone, it's time once again for another action-packed episode of ARG Presents. I'm your pal, your chum, and your bosom companion, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who takes a licking and keeps on ticking me off. I give you the Brent. That's a Tomex joke, right? Yes, exactly. All right. Why do you think well I done. made that joke, the Brent? Don't even answer. We probably shouldn't get into that. I'll tell you why. Because last week, we spun the wheel, and we made the action-packed, exciting, non-stop thrill ride of a deal, as this week, we'll be taking a look at, bam, the Timex Sinclair 1000. It sounds futuristic when you put a bunch of numbers at the end, my friend. Well, actually, starting at 1,000 is a pretty good idea. Because that way, if you need to make a lesser system, you can always drop down to 500. And you've got plenty of room to grow for 2,000, 3,000, 7,000, etc. Let me tell you something. If you made a lesser system than this, <laughs> I want to see it. It's got a calculator, <laughs> my friend. This thing was tiny and cheap. <laughs> it's a it's a pad of paper with a pencil in the, in the box. <laughs> Tomex Sinclair one, or 500. There, there you, you go. go. Yes, this week we'll be looking at the Tomex Sinclair 1000. This is very timely, the Brent, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, just a few days ago on Friday, March 5th, the, the Sinclair ZX81 turned 40, 40 years old. Amazing. And this is sort of Man. the little brother of the ZX81, the Americanized version, the Timex Sinclair 1000. Now, Brent, what have you learned this week about the Timex Sinclair 1000? Uh, this is a unique little, well, I've learned very little about the Timex Sinclair 1000. But <laughs> Bam! <laughs> there it is. The, the equivalent machine, uh, which, of course, this is basically a... ZX81. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a cute little machine. It actually has a lot of functionality for what it is and where it's priced. Wow. You're much kinder to this in Take 2 than you were in Take 1. That's for darn sure. <laughs> let's have a quick... I never hated the machine. Let's have a quick... You, I, I, you buried it deep think, beneath the crust of the earth just a few minutes ago. No, no I think we uh, uh, picked unfortunate games. Uh, uh, well, we'll find out about that. Let's have a quick look at the Timex Sinclair 1000. I think this is an interesting little machine. Uh, again, this is the American uh, version of the uh, ZX81. Uh, it's funny to look at this thing now and think about what this meant when it was released. Uh, so this came out in July of 1982. Now, for the interest of, of knowing what's going on with this little machine, in March of 81, obviously, uh, Sinclair released the ZX81 in the UK, okay? Then yes. we this came to the United States in uh, in July of uh, in July of eighty two. So uh, the anniversary is not for this, but it is for the ZX eighty one. But uh, again, right. they're basically the same machine. The funny thing is, in December of eighty one, uh, the, the they had already sold a cup almost a quarter of a million of these in the UK, and they released the 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 ZX Spectrum. In April of '82 in the UK, so they were they were far ahead of us in terms of getting their uh, their Timex Sinclairs or ZX Spectrum. We didn't get that for a while uh, a while after. Uh, this was the first computer released in the United States that was under one hundred dollars. This was a ninety nine dollar yes. ninety five cent uh, computer, uh, which was which in today's price is two hundred eighty one dollars. Uh, 
they had sold 500,000 of these little beauties in the first six months, and we know for certain that they sold at least 600,000 of, of these things. Uh, they were tiny little machines. They only weighed 12 ounces. They had the Zilog Z80A processor running at 3.25 megahertz. They, now, the American version of the, of the uh, ZX81 had 2K built in. They actually had more memory uh, than the uh, the original versions. That's something a lot of people don't know. Uh, this all, It's funny, I was watching a stream of, from Frodo ye- uh, yesterday. He would happen to be doing a stream on the uh, ZX81. And he mentioned that he'd programmed on a Timex Sinclair 1000. And actually, uh, it had its good points and its bad points. The good points being... You got that extra memory, but he said that the the fact that they had to make this to work with American TVs, it had one of those channel selector switches in the back for the RF, and he said it added interference to the to the output. So he said the output yeah. wasn't as good. Uh, he also yeah, I can see that just as the sidebar, Fredo also told a story about that he had decided to program a Pac-Man game for the uh, for his ZX81, his Timex Sinclair, and but he'd never played Pac-Man. He'd just seen it. So when he wrote the program, he just had all the ghosts instantly come after Pac-Man, and it instantly crushed him. And he said to, to, to add the changes to make the ghosts not do that, he had to take out part of the maze, basically, because he ran out of space. So I thought that's the, the perils of programming on an old machine like this. Um, uh, so the second this got released, the, uh, it, it basically pissed off the people over at Commodore, Tramiel, and so because they had the VIC-20 going, and so they got into a price war with the VIC-20, and eventually both these machines were so cheap, it's unbelievable. This eventually was selling for under $50, and I remember seeing these being, Crazy. I remember seeing these uh, original Timex Sinclair 1000s being blown out at like Kmart's and stuff, I mean, at a huge, at a huge bin. I mean, they were giving these things away. I mean, they were dirt cheap. And I, and I remember thinking, look at this little dinky thing. What could it possibly do, you know, at the time? I kind of wish I'd picked one up now, but then what are you going to do about it? So, um, these uh, these little things had a membrane keyboard, or as I like to call it, the world's crappiest keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> membrane keyboards are known to stink. Uh, it also... They're cheap, though. They're cheap, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, they also had... Uh, no sound. So the 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 the, uh, the Timex Sinclair and the ZX no have no audio. Uh, so there you go. The CPU pretty much performs all the tasks on these things, and so they don't. They, what they do is basically there's two modes you can work in: a slow mode and a fast mode. Uh, the fast mode will let let stuff run about four times faster than the slow mode, but it but it makes stuff all uh, jerky and kind of flickery. So, so there you go. You've got that to, to worry about. Um, the uh, the fact of the matter is, despite the limitations, uh, they made a lot of a lot of software for this thing. And and I'll, I'll, I've, having played a bunch of it, I mean, there's some pretty decent stuff in there, man. Uh, to play yeah. on the uh, now, since we are covering the Timex Sinclair 1000 and not the ZX81, I will say that if you were if you were to buy this in the states uh, back in '82. You were in for a world of trouble in terms of... This isn't like being in, in the UK. They were swimming in software over there. In the States, not so much, uh, Brent. Slim Pickens. Yeah, and we, we actually Pickens. looked for stuff that was released on the ZX... Uh, or on the Timex Sinclair 1000, and not necessarily specifically uh, on the ZX81. And we said two, the games we chose had a, a, a releases in the States. And it was kind of hard yeah. to determine... 
what got released where? What, did you have the same problem for, with what you picked? If, if you tried to search for the Timex Sinclair, uh, if you tried to search for games or programs or anything, it almost always comes up with ZX81 stuff, uh, which is fine for normal circumstances. Uh, but when you're trying to find things that were released in the U.S., you had to start going to magazines and seeing if this was advertised, if it was priced in U.S. dollars. And uh, it, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to determine, you know, to be 100% sure. Like, the game I chose is actually dual released. It was released in both the U.K. and uh, the U.S. Yeah. I, uh, uh, and I'm to be honest with you, I'm not sure about mine. I only saw the one cover. For years, I actually saw a couple covers, so... That doesn't surprise yeah. me. <clears throat> um, you know, a system that sold, I mean, selling uh, uh, 600,000 units in the U.S., not bad. You know, I, I would say it was a success. I had no idea it released that, yeah. that well, well, actually. I remember as a kid, uh, I, we saw these, like I said, and, and so I knew I knew about this. But, I mean, I'll be honest with you, at the time, uh, both the Timex and Claire's, I mean, this thing had a rep that, for being no good. I mean, I, this was the machine that no one had. I mean, I, I mean, I, I know they sold that many, but I don't know anyone that owned one. And we had the chance to buy one. And we, I mean, when I say we, I mean yeah. that locally here because I saw them. You know, it's not like it was something like an ST or something. I mean, we, you never saw those. So this was around, but I don't know anyone that bought them. And I don't know a lot. Of, it was funny. I was doing research on this. I, I saw a lot of people just disrespecting the hell out of this thing, and really. This was a perfectly capable machine. I mean, yeah, the keyboard was dicey. But, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. We've looked at a lot of these old machines, and this one is every bit as capable as most of the ones we've looked at, in my opinion. Get this, Brent. You know, when I I was flipping through uh, magazine articles to try to find uh, information, games, and whatnot, you know the number one uh, add-on I saw was keyboards? Yeah, Yeah, this thing did have a lot of... uh, uh, aftermarket stuff you could put on there. They also had a, they had like a, they had one of those printers. Always looks like a receipt printer. You know the little the little printers. Yep. This had of course this Thermal, had your yeah. you, you could use the tape deck. This had a memory expansion. It's funny the memory expansion for this cost more than the computer double. In fact, it was like two hundred bucks, and it used the same sort of wonky memory expansion that the ZX81 has that doodad sticking out the back in, in a very troublesome way. Uh, so it, it, as to, if you whack it, you can knock it out. There there was a certain there was now, a certain amount of genius in this machine. That I, I was reading that the, the Timex Sinclair 1000, the, the basis, the motherboard of this thing, is a circuit board that only has four IC chips on the whole board. It's pretty impressive uh, tech for back in those good. days, Brent. Yeah. So I, I'll give you. I, I think that's a pretty decent deal. Uh, lastly, uh, this thing was followed up uh, by the Timex Sinclair uh, 1500, uh, and but by this point it was pretty much boned. There was a funny program. The Commodore had a trade-in program that you could trade in another computer and get a discount on one of their computers. And so I read this a couple places where this became a very popular machine to buy and then trade in the Commodore to uh, to get a rebate. So. That's, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder. This is. A, let's talk about it for a moment. Do you think that the price of this machine actually hurt it in the U.S. because what, there is a perceived there's a perceived value uh, on items, computers especially, 
And I think when you see something that is this cheap, it makes you question the quality. What do you do? You have any opinions on that? You know, it's funny you should mention that because that's a, that's sort of a prevailing opinion in in marketing in the U.S. That in, in some ways pricing stuff higher uh, actually makes it more uh, something that people want more. I see that, especially with like even stuff like concert tickets and stuff. I see that all the time mentioned. The truth of the matter is. <clears throat> I think we both agree that this is a capable machine. We had machines. Yes. I had a machine back in these days. It has no sound, sure. But, I mean, it's under $100. I think if you would put something resembling a usable keyboard on this thing and add 30 bucks to it or whatever, I think you'd have sold a lot more. I think the keyboard really hinders this thing because... Uh, I mean, listen. It's not the keyboard. It's not the functionality of the keyboard in terms of what you can do with it. It's got the it's got the classic Sinclair characters and shortcuts on the keys, which I always like that stuff. But mm -hmm. it's just it's such a dud keyboard. We had the touch keyboard on the uh, on the uh, Odyssey, and they're just they yep. just suck. There's no way. Yeah. There's no two ways that you know. It's a suck keyboard, and I think I think it would have sold better here. I mean, I like the angle. I mean, they played the percentages here. They said, "Okay, here's the machine. What can, what are we? Got? What's our angle?" And, and their angle was it, that some, you release something incredibly affordable. Okay, now if you'd said, "Listen, pay, uh, add thirty bucks to it, put on a decent keyboard," they probably that would have ruined one of their angles. So I can see why they didn't do it, and I'm not sure it would have mattered to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, it, it wouldn't have hurt. I think that's the, the Achilles heel of this unit. But, I mean, again, you're talking $100. Also, in America, of course, software support's an issue. You know, when you've got, you don't have the market that like a, that the Vic, would, for example, would have had uh, at the time, or, or even a, something like a Coco that came out in 83, you know, that the, the, the that era. So, I, I think that's a problem, too. Uh, you don't have the gross, you don't have the wide support network of like a Commodore or a Radio Shack behind your Atari, you know. So, and plus, there were right. players in the arena, well established players, you know, by that point. And also, this wasn't our machine. They're like Commodore, Atari, there's there stuff, those are, those were coming out of the States, the TI, that's another example. And so you've got a machine coming from overseas, and so you're, there's going to be a little bit of a, of a gap there that's going to be hard to make up. So there are plenty of reasons. Uh, so I, I think with all that in mind, I can see why they came in with the cheap. That really probably was the way to go, the, trying to be the cheapest thing around. Uh, you know, And I, I think there was some success. You know, It just wasn't a lot of success. So, uh, But still, per, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I personally think that uh, when you... When you hit a price point that is this low for a technology that, you know, you want the cutting edge. And I, I guess really wanting, having a computer has always been that sort of feel. You want the best bang for your buck. Yeah. And I think that personally they price themselves so low that uh, people said, well, for $50 more, look what I can get. Yeah. Or for seventy five dollars more, look what I can get. And I, I think that at this price point, uh, it let it open the door for things that were just a little bit more expensive, and would get a, a bigger bang for the buck. I will say also, and we touched on this a long time ago when we covered the Vic Commodore. Tremel wasn't screwing around. Okay, he yeah. knew he could make the Vic cheap. Okay, uh, and so. When he saw the Timex come out, and he had, and also he had the TI in that market, Atari. 
you know, Atari wasn't going to look drop their price because they're freaking Atari, and they they'd been around yeah. for a while. But Commodore knew they could push around these other guys, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they lowered the prices so much that TI just left the business. They were like, "Oh, we can't, we're done, we can't compete." And and if yeah. you look at a Vic, and and this is no disrespect to Timex Sinclair, but if you look at the Vic, here's a machine with a better keyboard, color, sound, the whole nine yards. And it and and when you drop the Vic's price and down into the level of this. Like it's it, it yeah. whether there's a I mean you could compare the games or whatever uh, I'm sure I mean listen hey I, I've found a lot of good ZX81 games I haven't played enough uh, Vic to to know how many there are but I mean just by the sheer the appearances of it, it the Vic would make this look old and shabby just by the fact that it's got color and sound so and a full keyboard yeah. and when you can pick also, it up the same you know near the same price it's it's when you when you start high and then you price cut to to match your competitors. To, on a consumer side, it looks like, man, well, they've dropped the price to compete with this thing, and I know how powerful that thing was, and it. I think that also draws people in. Yeah. So, I I mean, Commodore, for all their failing, failings, uh, they did a lot of stuff like that right. Well, Commodore, <clears throat> listen, Tremel was a cutthroat dude. You got to think, he also is a guy who uh, he owned his chip makers eventually. He also, he was just, he would just flat out not pay his bills. Whatever he could do to get an edge, he, when it came to business, that guy was a shark, and he just yeah he he I mean he I think this is I think the uh, Timex Sinclair is another speed bump on his road to domination because much like Ti he just ran over them you know it's quite amazing that that uh, uh, had the way he operated and the effect he had uh, but uh, I will say uh, in closing that the uh, uh, in January of eighty three. Uh, t- they introduced the Timex Sinclair 2000 to the states, which was the repackaged uh, ZX Spectrum, uh, which that's the one that I was going to send to the Desert Island because they, they they had enough incompatibilities in that to where you almost invalidated all the Spectrum, that huge Spectrum library. And it's another machine that got kind of sp- spotty support in the states, and it's a, real, it's a real pain in the butt to use. This one here... Well, I mean, it will run the ZX81 stuff pretty much. It's it is a, it's almost identical in every way. Repackaged, yeah. except yeah. for the extra memory and the video yep. changes. I mean, so you've got when you get one of these, I can almost see picking one of these up just to have the ZX81. I will say though, I was lucky this week and uh, managed to get my Unamiga uh, FPGA to start working with the Spectrum, and it had built-in ZX81 support. So I was in business. I get to play these games on the Unamiga, and I recorded all the footage on the Unamiga this week. So everything you're going to see, Unamiga. So with all that said, Brent, uh, it was our task to try to find a couple winners uh, in the American market uh, that came out here on the Timex Sinclair 1000. We did. I, I, I'm going to say it. I know, I know, I did, and I think you did. We played by the rules and tried to pick stuff that was that was marketed here in America. Uh, Brent, I'm going to let you lead the dance this week. What did you bring to the table? I took a little concept like Pac-Man and pulled out Gulp. And uh, Gulp is a uh, very much a Pac-Man clone type game. Well, let's back up a little bit before we get right, right into the game. This was uh, originally published by Campbell Systems in the U.K., <clears throat> and it was released in almost uh you know underground releasing their their 
covers were Xerox. Uh, every cartridge had the name written on it in pen <laughs> or cassette, sorry. And it, it was originally released in 1982. Uh, they then saw that they kind of had something on their hands here, so they re-released the game later in 82 uh, with a proper cover. Uh, they also released it with an alternate title, uh, ZX Gulp. And apparently this was popular enough that they said, you know what, we're going to send this o over the pond and release it uh, to the Americans. And that was actually handled by Mindware over in the U.S., which was also released in 92. So, 82. and the, uh, uh, yeah, 82, 92. Boy, this looks a little dated. They didn't 92. sell too many in 92. It's amazing. How they... <laughs> and it, it's odd because in the UK, this was uh, sort of marketed with uh, comic book graphics as the, the, the cassette overlay. And it was about, you know, you're trying to collect all the dots. While this uh, big ogre thing, it gets faster and faster and hunts you down. It's going to get you. And over here in the U.S., they almost marketed it like a fast food game where you're just going to eat and eat and eat. you got to eat everything before, uh, uh, the, before the bad guy gets you. It even had like a picture of like a hamburger on the cassette uh, sleeve. <clears throat> so there's the difference between the U.S. and the U.K. in a nutshell, I guess. Uh, Gulp is a maze game. Where uh, you, it's your character versus one bad guy, and you have to run around the maze, click, get all the dots. There is no things like energizers. Um, there's no way to fight back. It is you versus the bad guy. And the bad guy doesn't just randomly roam the maze, which was something that really happened a lot during these Pac-Man clones where people didn't really know what they were Not doing. Not when Frodo made them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess you can make them very bloodthirsty. Uh, but this guy will will try to trap you in corners. Now, is the AI amazing? No, it's not. Once you figure out what manipulates the AI, you can pretty much do whatever you want with them. But uh, the game goes a, a few steps farther than that. First off, it has five mazes built in. Uh, the first maze is absolutely outstanding it has corridors that are dead ends that you have to kind of get in and get back out i thought that was very neat i love the first maze uh unfortunately it, that is by far the best maze that you have uh mazes two through five uh are all patterns mirrored patterns except for the last one which is just the word gulp as a maze quote unquote and it was it was not great uh, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm mostly stuck with the first maze. I found it to be the most challenging. But if it was just five mazes, that still wouldn't be good enough. Uh, so the next thing that they did was, as you collect dots, you don't get slower, but the bad guy gets faster. So he starts uh, being able to take the turns faster than you can. If it's a straight corridor where you're just running down, he's going to catch you. Uh, <clears throat> and That's kind of neat. And you can actually adjust that. Uh, how, how many dots you have to uh, consume before he starts getting faster. Uh, and you add little tweaks to that. Also, how much faster he gets and how much faster the game plays. You can tweak all of that. 
that kind of uh, settings makes this a reasonable game. It makes it so you can kind of adjust it to how you play to make it difficult, uh, but still entertaining, right? The problem, there's two major flaws about golf, mm -hmm. uh, and they're completely unexcusable. Uh, flaw number one, whenever you die, you have five lives. Whenever you die, uh, you are, the ghost is reset into the corner, and you stay where you're at. Uh, and the ghost or uh, uh, ogre or, you know, bad guy, whatever you want to say, always spawns in the lower right-hand corner. So if you're running around the maze you you get got, it, it resets, and then you start playing again. However, if you die in the lower right-hand corner, you the bad guy will just spawn on top of you, and you will die, 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 game over. Yeah. Yeah, that's that happened to me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so, and also the last dot is always where the bad guy spawns. Like after you eat all the other dots, the the final dot appears. Uh -huh. So, that's just it, that's unexcusable. They should have had everything reset or start in a different way. But the absolute worst thing is when you complete a maze. you That's it. You complete the maze and nothing happens. You are just in that maze with no dots running around. You can't score any more points. Every board has a finite number of points you can get. Uh, it doesn't go to another maze. Uh, what What is going on there? I, I, that is mind-boggling. I would have been satisfied... If it just reset the maze that you were in, that way it doesn't have to load up a different maze or anything like that, and allow you to keep going so you can go for high scores. But as it is now, you can't even play this game for a high score because, you know, you're going to clear the maze, and then the next, you know, that's it. That's the top of your score. Yes, you can adjust the difficulties. Yes, you can adjust the speed, stuff like that, which is great. It's a great addition to the game. But it since it stops you from playing, it doesn't you know go to another maze or reset the maze. I this is such a failing. This was so close to being a comparable game, and it it just that's unexcusable. What did you think about it, Aaron? If you'll indulge me for a moment, uh, and I'm not, I don't blame you for this. I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, I I don't blame you uh, for for dropping the ball here. But let me tell you something. And this, we talked before the show uh, about this, and you were acting, and you were like, oh, I'm going to take you to school here. Listen, there's a reason you're curtain jerking this week, pal. This game is crap, because it's not a finished game. Any game where you roll, anyway, any game where you roll around the maze, clean up all the dots, and then nothing happens, what the hell is that? That's not a game. Yeah. That's not a game. I agree. It's not a high score game. Sure, it's got all the it's got the bones of a game. There could be a game here if they put in a few, a little bit extra work, but there's no game. You finish yep. the level and then you've got a choice. You could let the the X get you and every time you get killed, the game starts back up with one dot that you can go get and then and you get killed again or you can just hit 0 which uh, the instructions suggest you do, and then try again. 
Why the heck would I ever yeah. want to do that? Try again. Yeah. Just put an exit key on this sucker. That's what I want to do because once I played the game, I thought the game was screwed up. This is one of the first things I tried on the Unamiga with, the, and I thought to myself, "Well, the Unamiga's got a problem here." So I went to, I went and got on YouTube to watch some guy play this, and it's the way his went too. I couldn't believe it. I've I've played yeah. a lot of old games, and this has got to be one of the first times I've seen something like this ever. In a and this yep. is a game that was marketed on two continents. Are you kidding me? Dud. A big old dud. I like. Uh, by the way, I also want to say that I hate the controls on this too, because the, uh, like my game, and we'll get to it. It gives you a wealth of control options. This one gives you no options, and the control setup's crap. You use four keys on the keyboard; they're all in a row. What the hell were they thinking with that? Uh, I, I was I was able to use the arrow keys uh, with the, without you issue. Probably used, yeah. but I know that's a, that's a, probably an emulation yeah, thing. Because yeah, uh, but. I, I don't know. I, I don't. That's not where I have a this problem. This is game. a. This game is. Oh, I, I, listen. I've. No, we love the ZX eighty one show. We had a good time with that, and I like a lot of yeah. these games, and I like the look of this one, and it's the concept. I mean, it's not what I would call uh, earth shaking, but I mean, it's it's something. But to have no ending to the game, to have no level progression in the game, that's not a game. It's just not even a tech I, demo. <laughs> I don't know what this is. You know. Well, no, I think I think that this has enough options to warrant some entertainment value. I, I'm not saying go buy it. I'm not saying go, uh, you know, take the effort to emulate it. Uh, if this was setting up somewhere, I would certainly give it a look, just because you can play with some of the options, tweak it, and see how that kind of feels. Um, to me, the controls were fine, but well, Frodo mine just worked with error. God keys. bless Frodo. He just chimed in to tell me that five, six, seven, and eight were the cursor keys. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it a pass on that it, because obviously, in a modern machine, there were just five, six, seven, and eight, which is what I used. But I hated that. Yeah. But I mean, well, listen, I can get, yeah, I, I can get past controls because I mean, again, what are we talking about here? It's the the thing's got a membrane keyboard for God's sakes. But the 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 fact that there's no level end, that is inexcusable. Now it does do things well, I no, like. I, it, it I like the I like I the grade. Agree. I like the speed. I like the fact you can pick different mazes. I like all that stuff. There's a, of course most of these old games had the instructions built in. I like that. I, I even like the box cover. I, I like it's a cute name. But you don't have a game. You've got uh, you've got something with no end. And 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 the truth of the matter is, even if this game has no end, because the limitations of what they were of the device would not allow there to be an end, then you need to change the game to where you can put an ending in it, because you don't have a game. That, that, that's what I had to say about it. Well, I, I and I agree with most of that. I think the graphics on this are fine. Uh, I mean, they're <clears throat> you're a circle, your enemies an act, you're collecting periods for dots. Uh, the walls are, you know, gray. It's fine. The graphics are fine. Uh, the sound, of course, is not an issue because there is no sound. Yeah. This game got a sequel, Aaron. Yeah. Did you take a look at Gulp 2? I did two? not. I did not look at anything but Gulp 1. How was Gulp 2? Well, I Gulp 2 <clears throat> really uh, took this concept and improved upon it greatly. I would hope. Greatly. Uh, there are more mazes. There are, uh, I think it was like 13 mazes. There are more configuration options. It lets you tweak it a little bit finer. Instead of being one enemy, there are four enemies. 
instead of being defenseless, you actually have a laser uh, that will shoot out in uh, all directions, up, down, left, right. And if it hits one of the bad guys, it resets their position. Uh, It's a much better game. Uh, Unfortunately, we're not reviewing Gulp 2 today. We're reviewing Gulp. And uh, it's unfortunate. If you're going to play this... um, you know, just understand that this is a five-minute game. Uh, you're going to play all the levels. You're going to look at the options, but there is no, there is no reason to keep going after you see what difficulty you can play at and win at is. Which, by the way, I cranked it up to the nines. Uh, the 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 bad guy gets so fast yeah. that it becomes almost unplayable. Uh, but uh, you know. At least there's a challenge yeah, there, yeah. so I don't have a huge flaw. I don't have a huge problem. That's with That's the way this should be played. Uh, That's exactly. I turned it up as far as I could, and then you've got because that you don't ever get to the last dot. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> that's the way. Yeah, you, that's the true. way you do it. That's true. Just crank up the difficulty as high as it'll go. Um, uh, this is actually I found this on eBay, yeah. Aaron. Uh, this is selling for uh, seventeen pounds. Yeah. Uh, you could pick it up right now. It, it actually is the one of the earliest releases where it's just Xerox copies. Uh, and this is sold uh, in, in sold and completed auctions uh, for as little as $7 and as much as $20. So I guess there's a demand for Gulp. And if, like I said, it's popular enough that it got a sequel. So, uh, you know, I guess the general consensus is this is a pretty good game, even though it doesn't have an well, end. Will, did we get any reviews we for this, Aaron? Before I get to it, I will say this. Because I... I hate to be hard on these games, okay? Because I understand when they were released and other restrictions there were. There were games were held to different. Uh, they were held to a different standard in the day because of the incredible limitations of the hardware, okay? But uh, I'd still I was disappointed that this game didn't have some sort of way to complete the game or move on. It was really disappointing. And I, thankfully, they yep, they, they fixed that. We did get one. We had one brave soul this week, Mitsuyama, who chimed in with his gulp review. He writes, "When I first loaded this game, I didn't have high score. I didn't have high hopes for it. But boy, was I wrong. The character based graphics, while simple, works well for this type of game. Having a choice of five mazes helps with the replayability. But what improves this game?" is being able to adjust the speed and grade. I was able to find a balance that provided a nice challenge. The game isn't perfect, yeah. of course. The enemy logic is quite simple, and you quickly learn how to steer it around the maze, and the game doesn't automatically end or reset the maze when you clear all the dots. But these are minor complaints to an otherwise fun game. I, <laughs> well, there you go. 7 out of 10 uh, for Mitsuyama. Mitsuyama, I, <laughs> I read your review. <laughs> I'm like... I'm going. To, I'm going to humbly disagree with your assessment of this one, but but uh, you see it like Brent does clearly. So did you? Well, I think seven is is, is being a little kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think not progressing the mazes is a is a tremendous flaw. Oh. But I think the the game itself and the options it gives you is is fun. I just wish they, you know, did that one extra step. <laughs> I wish they would have just included a game. If they had done that, I'd be down. Hermski gives no, it a Herm Firm 8 out of 10. He's killing this. This game's killing it in here. If they liked your game like that, they're going to love what I chose, Britt, because 
I went out on a limb and chose something that's a real game. A novel concept today. Bam. Today, I chose, woohoo, the Fortress of Zorlock. With a name like that, you knew I was all up in it. Because that's a cool name. The Fortress of Zorlock, Brent. Uh, so, let's get into it here. Uh, this game uh, was published by Soft Simp Inc. and Timex Sinclair Corporation uh, in the, the year of our Lord, 1982. So, this is an early release here. Uh, this was a 16K uh, cassette. Uh, this required 16K, came on cassette, and uh, was authored by a fellow named Paul Carlson. Uh, he also did a game uh, on the uh, ZX81 called Galactic Gunner, which actually looked pretty good. I had a quick look at that one as well. This is a one-player game. Uh, I looked into Paul W. Carlson to see what if, if I could find anything about him, and I couldn't find much, but I did find that he actually had... Uh, written a couple uh, articles in Compute Magazine, if you can believe that. Uh, one, uh, both of them on the IBM. One was called Modified Shapes for the IBM uh, Compute of May of 86. And he also wrote a PC slash PC Junior article called One Liners about short programs for the uh, PC slash PC Junior. All, uh, this was in December of 86, so he was actually getting himself uh, in the game. Um, this game has uh, the standard Timex Sinclair 1000 unimpressive, unappealing tape cover, which is a kind of a black fading to red with white letters on the front. There's no cool picture. There's no uh, wacky uh, uh, anything. It's just a standard cassette tape. Kind of a That's kind of a bummer there. But of course, listen, you know it's going to have uh, some kind of killer uh, backstory to it. So if I may, uh, if you'll indulge me here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this thing. You are the commander of a fleet of spaceships from the galaxy T.S. Nova, whatever that means. Uh, your mission uh, is to rid the galaxy of, of the dreaded alien Zorlock. You will meet Zorlock in deepest space, enclosed in his triple-walled road-trading fortress. I want one of those, Brent. And protected by four indestructible guns. Destroying Zorlock isn't going to be easy because the holes your space torpedoes blast in his fortress don't remain in the same place. That's a problem with the space torpedoes. Brad, they, 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 that's, what are you going to do? So, <laughs> that is a, that's a good summary of what this game is. Because this game is your classic, classic arcade action, Brent. Uh, you are in your spaceship, and Zorlock is in his uh, three-layered rotating fortress with his indestructible guns in the front. And your job is to shoot your way in. Uh, I would say this game, if you've played something like a, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, like a Yars Revenge, or maybe, remember remember yeah. Star Castle, uh, the arcade game where you had to shoot through the walls of the, uh, it was a yep. it was a Victor Graphics game of the era. Now, it's it, that game had a lot more, had a different flavor than this one, but it's, it's sort of a similar concept. Yeah. Uh, on the on the Timex Sinclair, uh, for those listening, what you see on the screen is a box with a rotating outer shell. Inside of it is a large. It's a basically a picture like a stick figure with a uh, like a bigger head, almost like a kind of a pissed off ET who's d dancing around inside his fortress. He's dodging, he's ducking. You are driving what looks like sort of like a cosmic Big Mac or maybe a couple donuts with a doodad in the middle. <laughs> And you're shooting O's. I'd say the graphics in this I would call top shelf, frankly, for the uh, for the time. Uh, the uh, effect of the rotating fortress is quite good. 
you get a real cool uh, visual as the, as the various layers pick up bullet shots and kind of rotate around, and it's it's a nice look uh, in front of. In front of the uh, fortress, facing you are the four indestructible guns. Think sideways T's, and that will tell you what the guns look like. And they will shoot when you come in their vicinity. <clears throat> uh, One at a time. Correct. Your job is to shoot th uh, a hole, uh, sort of like Phoenix style in the end ship, to where your bullet can pass through all three of the rotating shields without uh, and uh, without hitting them, and then hit Zorlock. Because Zor, you can actually penetrate that shield, but if Zorlock's not there, the bullet will pass and he won't hit him. I've done that many times. Uh, once you are uh, either get killed or penetrate Zorlock's three-layered uh, three rotating shield and hit Zorlock, he blows up, and then the game restarts uh, at a quicker speed, Brent. Uh, it's a, it's a, a very visually attractive game. I want to touch on some of the things that, that you, you get with this when you... When you uh, uh, when you buy it, uh, the, of course you get the backstory and whatnot. But this game has gives you a wealth of controls. In fact, it gives you so many control options that I was confused and had to write them down so I could remember what they yeah. were. Uh, it's get for each key. So you need up, down, left, right, and your fire button. And for each one of these, it gives you one, two, three, four, five, ten, six to ten options on which keys you want yeah. to use. Now you can't change them, but I mean the options are there. And so I'll, I appreciated that, but I mean, it was almost a, it was a wealth of options. <laughs> I was like, I literally, well, it, I had to write down it was my set options. Up, it was set up so that left was on the left side, the entire left side of the keyboard. Right was the entire right side of the keyboard. It kind of did that kind of thing. Right. So <laughs> the game, this is like a point presser's delight in a lot of ways, because you get points awarded on the. You've got different skill levels, okay. And so the higher skill levels will give you more points. Then you also get more points per block the closer you drive your spaceship to the fortress. Now, sure, your spaceship could go up and down, but it can also go left and right towards and away from the fortress. Moving towards the fortress gives you less time to react when the guns shoot. Okay, so when you move towards the fortress to get those bonus points, you're putting yourself in more danger. Something else that occurs during gameplay is that the fortress moves towards you uh, after a while. And, and so every, every after every so often, you have less space to operate with the guns. So at the beginning of the level, you start off with an easier, uh, you have, start off with an easier uh, go of it because you've got more time to react to the guns. But as this thing moves closer and closer, you get far less time to the point where it's so close, you're pretty much boned and you can't drive, you can't dodge at all. But generally, you'll be dead before that happens, or, or you have already, already cleared Zorlak for that level. Um, I think it's I think it starts you off. I believe it starts you off with five ships. It gives you a goodly amount, and the number of ships you've got is listed uh, in your uh, Big Mac ship. And in the middle, there's a number that tells you how many ships you've got left. When you finally kill Zorlock, you will get 50 times the score of one block. So depending on how far away you were when you shot, you could get a, a huge score uh, when you come in closer. This game was uh, ran well. Everything was clearly visible. The object was easy to ascertain. It had an ending. It had progression. It had different levels of rate. It had control options. It had, every, it had a high score that you could go after that made a difference. It had perfect 
built-in instructions. It had everything a game of this era needs. It had great graphics. This was like one of the better games I've played from this genre. Brent, what did you think of the Fortress of Zorlock? This game's this game was crap. You're kidding uh, me. No, I hated this game. And the reason why is the only real thing you have to do is move up and down. And because if you get the top gun to trigger, you just move down and you're way out of his path. And then you're at the bottom, so the bottom gun triggers, and then you just move up, and you literally just get a rhythm of that. I could get as close to the ship as the game would let me, and firing means nothing. You just put a piece of tape over the fire button, so it's held down all the time. It fires continuously. On a membrane There's keyboard? No well, you know what I mean. You you The uh, uh, skill of actually shooting... Uh, Zoran is nothing. You, you just keep shooting. You just shoot, shoot, shoot. What when you what blocks you hit doesn't matter. What if you hit the bad guy doesn't matter. You just keep shooting, and all you do is move up and down, up and down, up and down, continuously the entire time. There was no fun in this game for me. After you figure that out, you kill him. You go to the next level. You kill him. You go to the next level. Uh, sometimes you'll mess up your rhythm. Uh, you'll die, and then you just keep doing it again and again. I, it was so boring. So boring. At least with uh, Gulp, you had to figure out the AI. There was a moment where I was like, oh, crap, this AI is incredible. Of course, that didn't last long. Uh, I had five mazes to go through. I had options that allowed me to adjust the difficulty where... Like I said, if you crank it up all the way, you're going to lose, no matter how well you are at figuring out the AI, because you're just so much slower. And as you tweak that back, you can find a game that is challenging and rewarding, uh, even though it's only for one stage. Uh, this game, I had figured out it took me literally two minutes, because so many games have done this before, and I had no fun. The only thing, the only thing that was uh, was impressive about this for me, uh, although the scoring was complex and I thought that was pretty neat that they did go the extra mile, but the only thing that impressed me with this was the rotating shield, uh, having the blocks going around the guy was pretty impressive. Uh, it was pr impressive graphically, not gameplay-wise. But I, I had no fun on this game, Aaron. I really didn't. I'm sorry. <clears throat> If I may retort, and I, I don't Absolutely. say well, no I don't say this often. That's how it is. I don't say this, and I don't say this without due thought. But you are the biggest imbecile of all time. First of all, the, okay. you're telling me that this game offered you no challenge. If I may fast forward in my footage to nice. the suicidal level, let's see your up and no, down no, no. movement work here. No, 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 stop, 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 stop. I played not at the very highest level, one down Listen from me. it. I call shenanigans. It's what I call. I played this game. I'll put if it up right if now. If you're moving up to the front of the guns and just with your pattern moving up and no, down. No, not at that level. No, at that level you have to stay oh, high. Oh, But when you play it on So what normal, you're saying, is, hold on a second. You're telling me that different difficulty levels offer a different level of challenge? Holy crap. What a no, freaking, uh, what a novel concept. What the... But the way you play is the exact same. No, I'm not buying. Exact, Listen to me. You're, playing, you, you're putting over you're, that maze game. Early on, hush. Early on, 
all you have to do is move up and down. You can put yourself straight against the guns because the bullet travel after it passes your ship is slow enough that you can get to the bottom of the screen and trigger the next gun. Listen, I okay? know how it works. On the higher speeds, you have to stay at the back, but there's no difference. There is a difference. There's no difference. The game has no. progression as you go. It gets fast. That's the whole point of these games. It's supposed to start off where you can win, then it gets harder. That's the whole point. Hey, By the way, progression right. in the game. Look it up. This game has it. How could you put over your maze game that's not even a game, and you're killing this? You've got to be joking. No, I, I'm not saying Listen. that Gulp it, it doesn't have flaws. We've already went over this. But at least in Gulp, there was something you could do to make the game challenging. This, you're you're either winning by, by going up and down the screen, or the game is so fast that you lose. There is no, there's no. Didn't in you just say on the maze game that you can send it to the point? I know this because I did it, where you almost instantly get killed. It's the same thing, you know. Listen, no, because there is an in between no. point where the game is still challenging, listen, but it, there it, is no uh, game. Uh, is there is no game. Okay, let's consider. I have never disagreed with you any, on anything in my life. Where that we need to institute drug testing on ARG presents because you're clearly high. You must be high you're, if you think that this game so is worse me, than that game. You're telling me that you didn't just move up and down the screen, dodging bullets, shooting no, randomly. No, because I wanted to get a higher score. I would move back and forth and up and down to try to get what I could when the, when the guns would allow it. I played it just like a normal game. You know, there is no, a rhythm. There, there can be a rhythm to it if you stay in the back the whole time. But if you want to score bigger points, you've got to move up, move back, dodge. That's the whole point of it. I can't. I am stunned by this. I, and no, you find the answer to this game, and it's over. That's what I it is. disagree. And I'm going to continue to disagree with as I look at this Discord review here because I looked at this earlier and I was literally baffled. So clearly, I, I don't know what to even say about this. This is the. Uh, Mitsuyama's other review, Fortress of Zorlock review, cool name, average game, chip away at the enemy shield while avoiding the fire from his four guns. Basic stuff, but it is from 1982, so you can forgive it. Having five skill levels provides some variety of challenge, but I quickly tired of this game. It would be good for a high score challenge if there is a risk-reward element to it, with you scoring more points when you are further from the edge of the screen. I just find it a little meh, Five out of ten. So Michiyama also preferred gulp. I cannot fathom yeah. this. I cannot fathom it. I can't believe that you guys would prefer something that's not a game to a legitimate game with good graphics. It's no. got everything you want in the game. I, I'm baffled. I'm no. stunned at this. It, except for it, this game, Aaron, It once you figure it out, there's no game there. You just go up and down. Did you ever let your finger off the, the shoot button? Well, I did, I just I would just tap it fast, but it didn't help. It shot it shoots at a steady pace. So yeah. Well, I mean, if you hold it down, it shoots as fast as it possibly can. I, you know, I'm looking here. So I'm shoot, looking okay. here in the chat. All right, Herm Her, Herm uh -huh. is giving this one two out of ten. Frodo's giving it four ten. So everyone agrees with you. Which I I swear to you, as God is my witness, high above all the deities, I cannot figure it out. I cannot figure it out. I'm enraged. I can't understand what's wrong with everyone. You've all lost your minds. I'm, listen, if you're watching this or listening to this, 
I want you. I, I I beg. I beseech you. Go play. Go play this game, and then go whatever the hell Brent picked. Go play that, and then you come back and put a comment underneath this video and tell me what you think. And listen, if the consensus says that Brent's right, I will apologize right here on the show. I'll apologize to him. I'll say, Brent, you're the better man. But I've got a feeling, i got a strong feeling, that the viewers and the listeners of this show are going to have, in mass, they're going to come down from on high, and they're going to explain to you why you're an idiot. I'm stunned at this. I cannot believe it. At, for those that do want to try this game, you can play it in a web browser. Uh, Aaron, it, maybe we can link that up in the show notes. Um <laughs> Pixels and Don says it made me want a Big Mac, 10 out of 10. So I will say, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, it is true, Aaron. Although my game is called Listen, Gulp, your game does make me more hungry. You know, Brent, in all honesty, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna throw you a bone here. Okay, I respect your. Right. Generally, I respect your choices here. Generally, but I can't believe okay. that you, because you're not what I would call a moron. Generally. I can't believe okay. you would prefer a game that ends when you finish the first level. I can't figure that out. Let's say this game was crap. Let's say all you did was drive the Big uh -huh. Mac around and shoot a few things and the level ended. Even at that, it's still better because it's got progression. When a game just ends and the game's over and nothing's happened, that's not even a game. Now, now I believe in my review, I stated very clearly <sighs> that having no progression or restarting the maze was a was a monumental flaw in the it's game. It's not a right? game. So we both no, no, we we both acknowledge that I've done that, right? Go on. So if you take if you take that out of the equation, and I know that's hard. I know that's hard. But if you take that out of the equation, Gulp is a finer Gulp game. Gulp is not than, even an original uh, concept. Uh, it's just a Pac-Man ripoff. Or a Dodge and rip Well, off. Aaron, come on. This is not what? like, you know. This is this is more of an ground. original concept than that. Show me another game that's exactly like this. There isn't one. They have games that are similar. Well, I know they. That's because they tried to Listen, make better games. Okay. <clears throat> okay. With all that said, I did look this up on eBay. Should you ch choose to go out, you could go buy this thing right now. How you like that? And here's here. I'm gonna make it more enticing. You could go buy a sealed. Brand new sealed copy of this game right now, if you wish. You can get it on in, on in the United States. Go to eBay, $49, and you can take this bad boy to the house. Take it to the house. So, <laughs> Do not pay $49 for this it's worth game. Every, it's worth Holy every cent. Cow. It's worth their... I don't care if it's sealed in gold. Listen. Okay, if it's sealed in gold, it's probably a pretty Normally, good I come up with a witty transitional uh, phrase to get us the hell out of here. Well, I'm going to the wheel. Get the right, hell out of right. here. Good lord. We need to get this we need to get this thing gone. So, this week uh to the uh uh to the wheel, we've added 60 uh C64 cartridge games, Brent. And the uh oh, and the flashback fun. this week, the Dick Smith Wizard. The Dick Smith Wizard, Brent. All right, so here we go. That would that would also be incredibly yeah, fun. Yeah. So here we go. All righty, and I apologize to the Time X and Claire. That was the good lord. All right, here we go. And the winner is. Oh, uh, it's an oldie. Oh no, Brent! Bizarro spin. 
It's bizarro spin. Oh, no. Explain okay. what that wow. means. After this week, that should be Explain fun. what that now, is. Bizarro spin, for those that don't know, <coughs> Aaron is going to spin the wheel again, and we're going to pick each other's games that we have to review and do research yeah. on. So, Aaron, give that Brent, thing a spin. I do request that when you pick me uh, something, pick something that's an actual game and not something that pretends to be a game but actually is nothing. Here we go. JRPG time, baby. The winner, oh man, the Fairchild oh, no. F8, the Fairchild F8, Brent. We've been putting this one off for a long time. There it is. So next week, we'll be picking each other's games for the Fairchild F8. Uh, so that should be, listen, we're actually, think wow. about it, we're taking a step back from the ZX81 to the Fairchild F8. We're not too far from just going back to playing games on an abacus. If we can <laughs> rounds left. Now, Brent, please, as you know, we have this ongoing wow. contest. Brent, tell the people what's going on. We had to select not one, not two, but three people to add to the wheel because we accidentally doubled up last week. Uh, we had someone chosen that was already on had the wheel. a different name. <laughs> so we put all the names. We took everybody. We took all the Twitter followers. We took all the Twitch uh, ARG present followers, all the commenters, all the game reviewers, all the emails, and we smushed them all together into a big list. And we hit random, random, random on random.org, and we came up with three names. Ironically, Aaron, ironically, the best way it turns out to get chosen for this contest is follow us on Twitter, ARG Presents. Uh, because two of our final three came from Twitter. We've got Duncan Styles joining the prize. I've wheel. heard of him. We also have Pixels at Dawn joining I've the heard prize of him. wheel. And finally, <coughs> in the weirdest twist of fate, I think that's ever happened. You got me. The final entry was an email entry, and it was the only. Uh, email that we got this week, and he got chosen. That's why you should send us email, folks. And that would be Adam. I'm going to butcher this last name. Adam Troyonfo. No, yeah, Troyon Troyonfo. Troyonfo. Let's go with Adam. Adam Troyonfo. <laughs> Adam T. Sexy Adam T. You're in, pal. Very good. So. What is going to happen now, now that the prize wheel has been full of possible contestants? Uh, we are going to, on a March 28th, March 28th, last week in March, last show in March, we are going to add all these people to the wheel, and we're going to give it three spins. Spin number one is going to get an ARG lanyard. Spin number two is going to get a... Uh, New Wave Coin Slot Keychain. And spin number three, Aaron, is going to get a brand new, still in the box, <laughs> Dragon's It went away, <laughs> much like your head. Dragon's Lair Mini. If only that could happen in real life. Now, the one, this, the one you're showing are... is not the one that you're going to win. You're going to win one that's still no, never No, this is yeah. my baby. You can't have it. Mine. Go away. Uh -huh. Leave us alone. By the way, Dragon's Lair so, has a, is a game. Carry on. So, we are going to be doing those spins, and uh, the prizes are going to go out. 
I'm going to pay for the shipping. I'm going to pay for the handling. If you have a VAT tax, I can't help you there. You're on your own. Uh, if, now, and it's possible, it's always possible, if someone has spun and does not want their prize, we will handle that the following week. But let's not worry about that right that now. Stupid. If something happens, <laughs> well, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. But as it is right now, all prizes will be given away March 28th. So I hope you join us for that show. I hope you join us for all of the shows. But there you go. Aaron, any final thoughts? I, I'm devoid of the ability to rationally think anymore. I, I'm literally so enraged that I can't. I'm gonna As soon as the show's over, I'm going to go out and, and, and just start punching trees and ripping stuff out of the ground. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. With all that said, uh, we want to thank everyone for turning up. We had a good crowd uh, in the chat room. They were a twisted crowd, with, uh, uh, but they were here. We appreciate them. Uh, we want to thank the Dunk for doing our graphics. We want to thank BarkBit for our, our tune. By the way, BarkBit's comp composed a new wheel theme, which I had planned on implementing this week and forgot. So I'm going to try her again. Uh, but I will, uh, I'll knock that in next time. Uh, but uh, we appreciate you. Please uh, join us next week as we uh, hmm, delve into the interesting world of the Fairchild <laughs> eight the f8 and pick each other's games so we'll see how that goes uh we'll let you guys go we'll catch you on the flip side have a nice week and for god's sakes play your time x au revoir thanks for joining us today we really hope you enjoyed the show hello to our youtube subscribers and our twitch followers a special thank you to duncan styles for our vector graphics and bartbit for an amazing closing theme Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Graham, WFETKey, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo NL, Steve Rathmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Flack O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroalgy, Hermsky, Roushy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there. <laughs>